We have a question over here. Hi, um, Mr. Fernandez, I, real, I realize that you may not have had all the time you would have liked to address uh, Mr. Lauder's questions and his points during his argument, but I'd like to give you a chance to rectify that because I, I really would like a bit more explanation on why God is silent. Um, say, for instance, during Mr. Lauder's uh, description of a three-year-old child with leukemia, um, why isn't God like that towards people who have such uh, tragedies? Yeah, and, and I think I basically responded to in, in the last question um, that basically, as Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, that God's ways and his thoughts are, as, are often as far above ours as the heavens are above the earth. I cannot give you an answer for every particular uh, reason, but I do think that the evidence that I provided, the origin of the universe, the continuing existence of the universe, the existence of absolute moral values, um, the uh, design and uh, complexity found in the universe, demand that there be an infinite being to ground the existence of the universe. Now, I'm not saying that, therefore, we can fully and exhaustively know the ways of this God. I, I do think that many theists um, pretend to know all the reasons why God allows evil and human suffering. If, if someone's in here and your baby died, uh, uh, I'll give you a hug and a shoulder to cry on, um, but I'm probably not going to give you a philosophical answer. Now, anybody who tells you that they've got the God of the Bible all figured out, it's not the God of the Bible. Well, I guess I would just say in response to that, uh, again, even if God, assuming that there were a God, and he had reasons for allowing tragedies like a three-year-old with leukemia, reasons that were too complicated for us little humans to understand, I still have not heard any reason at all why God does not consistently comfort people who are victims of these tragedies. And again, if you were the parent of a three-year-old son with leukemia who had to go get chemotherapy twice a week, he wouldn't be in doubt about your love, and he certainly wouldn't be in doubt about your existence. So I think this is just really strong evidence for naturalism. Another question here, then? Uh, this is for Dr. Fernandez. Uh, I'm wondering about the idea of a part-time God. And what I mean by that is uh, I, I hear people describe themselves as people persons. And then uh, the theistic uh, explanation of uh, the universe and all of that seems to presuppose a people-oriented God. Uh, if we have a people-oriented God, then it would seem that if God is omniscient, um, uh, omnipresent and all that, that, uh, uh, that our concerns could be taken care of in uh, 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 no time flat. But my, my real concern, I guess, is what does God do when he's not worrying about people? There are pieces of the universe that we will never see, that no person will ever see. Why would we have a God who is concerned with people, who then has other chunks of the universe out there that are totally irrelevant to us. Uh, presumably, he's playing cat's cradle or something like that. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's a good question. I, I think if God uh, created a fairly small universe so he could explore every inch of it in a small amount of time, then I think the atheist objection would be, well, God doesn't have to be all-powerful because look how small the universe is. I mean, you know, if we had enough time, we could do it ourselves. Uh, I think part of this vast, immense universe that we can never totally figure out is God giving us a big clue, and that is that he is infinite in power, he is the, the creator, and we have this vast universe that we'll never totally figure out. So an atheist act like the theist needs to totally figure out his God or his God is, is not worthy of belief, uh, I, just, I, I, I just think it's, uh, it misses the point. 
Um, but I do think that God created a very big, vast universe um, so that man can look and give glory to God and, and, and uh, have an experience of wonder and awe at this great, vast creation. Um, obviously, the, the atheists would disagree. I don't know. I, I think this is sort of a draw. I mean, yeah, we've got this really big universe, and you've got the points that Dr. Fernandez brought up, but on the other hand, you've got this really big universe. Uh, and I'm reminded of, uh, you know, the movie Contact, uh, based on the book by Carl Sagan, and to paraphrase uh, Dr. Airway, I mean, it just seems like an awful waste of space. Uh, uh, I don't know that that proves anything for naturalism or for theism. I think, I think this is sort of a draw. Uh, this is to uh, Dr. Fernandez. Uh, you said that uh, God uses human suffering to uh, test man, to also bring man to him. Uh, what about animal suffering? Uh, animals have no stake in salvation whatsoever. Mm -hmm. There can be no justifiable reason for animal suffering. Mm -hmm. What kind of God is that? Uh, basically, it's, 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 it's another good question, but uh, I believe, uh, you know, I am the type of theist that is called a, a Christian theist. Uh, I suppose traditional uh, 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 Jewish uh, theists also would agree that uh, God created uh, man as the pinnacle of his creation, but then he also created uh, the world and gave man dominion over it. So now we are not to abuse the gifts that God has given us, but I do view the animal kingdom as a gift to mankind. Now, obviously, you step outside of a theistic framework, and um, uh, and if you lower the status of human beings and raise the status of animals, uh, then you can make a case against it. But I don't see any reason to step outside the theistic uh, framework, especially because of things like the Big Bang model and the impossibility of an actual infinite set existing outside of a mind. Again, I'd go back to my opening statement, and you might remember that my fourth line of evidence for naturalism was the flourishing and languishing of sentient beings. Uh, other animals, they're not, they're not moral agents. We don't hold a chimpanzee morally responsible for how it behaves. But a chimpanzee is a sentient being. It is capable of feeling pain. And therefore, moral agents, which includes uh, humans and God, if God exists, are therefore morally responsible for how they treat sentient beings that are not human. And I don't think, uh, I don't think we've heard any reason at all why theism, uh, if theism is true, we'd find this, uh, uh, this pattern that we see with the flourishing and languishing of sentient beings. Uh, I think that's an excellent question. Dr. Fernandez. I, I'm said, sorry, I need to interject here. I'd like to request that we alternate who the question is directed to. Oh, uh, it's... <laughs> I can, uh, yes, there are know. questions for yeah. me. I just... Uh, yeah. All right, Dr. Fernandez, you said that uh, evil was necessary for moral perfection. Um, that's incoherent because a tidal wave or a flood that kills thousands of children is hardly character building. Um, and the people who survive with respect to them like their parents instead of strengthening their character the trauma might crush them and they'll be yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't say it was necessary for moral uh, perfection although I do think that some uh, some cases of evil are necessary for moral perfection in this, in this fallen world uh, you couldn't be there would be no such thing as uh, being courageous if there was no evil person to fear uh, you couldn't love your enemies in a perfect world because we'd all be friends, things of that sort. But, uh, but I'm not saying that in every single case it's essential to, to moral perfection. 
What I am saying is, in every case, if the all-good, all-powerful God of the Bible does exist, and I believe there is evidence that he does exist, very good evidence that he does exist, that theism is more plausible uh, than naturalism, um, then there's good evidence that even though we don't know the answers as to why God allowed some horrible incident to occur, we can trust him that he had some, some, some greater good reasons for it, and then that's exactly what the book of Job is about. So, a uh, very ancient book, and it already addressed that question. And I think just the fact that the Bible addressed questions that are still current today back that far is evidence in itself that uh, theism is onto something. I don't know. I just, uh, I mean, again, I, I go back to my opening statement. I, I tried to prevent, uh, prevent, present several lines of evidence with a, with a theme from biology. Uh, I mean, the, the, the pattern of the types of pain and suffering, we find the patterns of pain and suffering. Uh, it just, uh, I mean, we can talk about things like moral perfection and greater goods, but when it, when it all boils down to it, uh, uh, the, the fact of the matter is naturalism has an explanation.